So here we are, another location of a Eucharistic miracle. This one being a little different than most of the other ones that we've encountered. This one not directly related to the Eucharist, uh, properly speaking, but um, a statue that bled human blood in 1948 and for a couple years thereafter. How is it that it's considered a Eucharistic miracle? Well, if it's the blood of Jesus, then it makes sense that it would be a Eucharistic miracle because the Eucharist is Jesus himself. And when we have the consecration, wine becomes the precious blood of Jesus. And that goes to our first miracle that we had seen today. Uh, and what a great blessing that was um, in Bagno de Romano. Um, not only to see the blood-stained corporal, uh, but also for me to be able to bless all of you using the corporal um, and to have the priest tell us the story and to let us even venerate the, uh, the reliquary with the corporal in it. Um, what a tremendous and awesome gift. I don't know about you, but I was kind of surprised when, um, when it was so shameful to the people of the area that the priest had doubted such that Jesus performed this miracle. Uh, to me, it would seem like the miracle would, would outshine the doubt that the priest had that caused the miracle to take place because it can be a source of strengthening faith. Uh, I do agree with the priest, uh, the Monsignor, that uh, our faith isn't there because of the miracles, but rather um, our tendency to venerate the miracles comes because of the faith we already have. But I would like to add to that that it is a great gift to be able to have our faith strengthened by the miracles. And even though our faith shouldn't be based upon the miracles, it can be something that's helpful to others to even have faith in the first place, especially when it comes to something that's been scientifically investigated. You know, as we heard in the 1950s, uh, their scientific methods were not such to identify a blood type, but at least it was able to identify that it was real human blood when they took the sample from the corporal and analyzed it. Um, and then there was all those other wonderful things that he showed us at his parish too. And for us to be here now um, at this monastery and seeing the statue that wept human blood, um, what a gift, what a blessing it is. The statue being this instrument of God revealing the truth of uh, his presence, revealing that he is with his people. Oftentimes when statues bleed, there's a certain kind of sadness or certain kind of turmoil taking place um, that leads to such, such events. But this idea of instruments is important also for our celebration today because we are celebrating the guardian angels, holy guardian angels. And angels are God's instruments uh, they carry out God's will. They do what he desires. Um, good angels are ones who have chosen to follow, to love, and to serve God. Fallen angels, also known as demons, are those who decided to refuse God, refuse to serve, and choose a different path, not having God as their ultimate end and goal. Um, angels are a little bit different than us as humans. When they make a decision, they cannot change their minds. They have all the information they need to make a decision, and once they do, they'll never change their minds. And so when the angels decided not to serve God, that was a forever decision. They can never change their minds. The demons uh, became 
fallen angels, they are disfigured by their poor choice to separate or sever their relationship with God through their sin of refusing to follow. We as human beings, we're constantly learning new things all the time, and we switch, we change our minds quite a bit, um, choosing different things all the time. And so for us, uh, we have the opportunity to repent. We have the opportunity to change our minds. We have the opportunity to return to the Lord. Not so, though, with angels. Fallen angels are lost forever. But the good and holy angels are forever at God's service because that is what they chose. They're his instruments. The word angel actually means messenger. And it's typically messengers, angels that come and visit human beings throughout sacred scripture. Uh, But if we look at the nine choirs of angels, which we kind of mentioned when we prayed the uh, chaplet of St. Michael, um, then we'll recognize angel is actually the lowest choir of the nine, but they're the most likely for us to encounter. Um, Angel is their office, what they do, their messengers, but what they are is spiritual beings. So we are both body and soul. We have spiritual souls. They are just spirits. There is no physicality to them. So with angels, um, God has to create them directly and immediately. And there is no uh, procreation of angels. Um, God has to create each and every one. And each and every one is its own species, according to St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, And we are gathered here today celebrating the holy angels while also recalling the great uh, Eucharistic miracles that we've witnessed today, giving thanks to God for the ways that he's strengthening our faith um, in his real presence in the Eucharist, and also how he guards and protects us with the guardian angels. So let us reflect upon that briefly before we encounter our Lord Jesus Christ in the most holy Eucharist.